Hello and welcome to From My Home to Yours, episode 11. I'm Matt. I'm Bernadine. And we're back here again. Backstreet's back. All right. We're not going to sing for you this time. Though many people have enjoyed our rendition. What's that classic tune? <laughs> really was a very personal take on Buddies. One it of was. the greatest hits of all time. Can't even keep a straight face for that one. <laughs> Uh, we know your dad would have enjoyed it. That is for absolute certain. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a big fan of the boy bands. Backstreet's always back. All right. From my home to yours is back. Back again. Twink. And we're having a cup of tea, as per usual. If you are a fan of the cold open, though, we are always looking to spruce up the format of the show. So jump on the Instagram at FMHTY podcast, DM us or comment on a post and say, Backstreet's back. If yeah. you enjoy the cold open, we'll we'll do a couple more. Or if you would like us to murder any of your favorite songs with our own personal renditions, really, I say ours. Like it's really mine, and then poor Matt has to come along for the well, look. I think show. I don't think we can promise to murder, considering your family is fairly <laughs> mu- musical. You might accidentally stumble into what makes into it genius. into Eurovision <laughs> next year. So, yeah, listen, the Irish Eurovision entrants need. We need to be them. It needs to happen. And if Australia can be included in Eurovision, even though it's not even in Europe, I see no reason why we can't represent this beautiful Emerald Isle. Diaspora vision. (laughs) Anyway, we are (laughs) moving right along. We are drinking Teetonic tea again. We are. You've been listening to the podcast for as long as uh, we've been making episodes. You'll know we are big fans and we currently have a promotional relationship with Teetonic where if you spend over 40 Australian dollars in their online store and use the promo code FMHTY20, that's FMHTY20, you'll get 20% off your order. After taking it for a test run ourselves, Mm -hmm. we found for international customers, that's the price of shipping. Yeah which is great for any Australians pining for a classic blend. Mm-hmm. Or even somebody who just wants to try Teetonic teas because they are genuinely excellent. Yes. And they're so good to do this for our podcast. Like just, they're amazing. So thank you so much, Teetonic. And we genuinely are huge fans of Teetonic tea for many, many years. So this is wonderful that we're able to spread the word outside of Australia and yeah. hopefully people can enjoy it elsewhere. And again, French Old Grey and dark chocolate and black tea. Yes. If we can deplete their entire stock of those teas, then I think that will be a victory for the podcast. So go and do that now. Yeah. FMHTY20, link to the site will be in the show notes. Absolutely. So please enjoy. As per usual, we have some shout outs that we would like to make. And we have two people that we would particularly like to note on today's episode. Now, you probably figured out that the shout outs are for personal relationships that we have. But with these shout outs, we just want to recognize people in the community and on the Instagram and uh, that are getting in touch with us to make sure that you're known. Like we, we like to recognize people that give back a little bit. And Bob Bolger is one of those. He's been on the Instagram all the time. I think we mentioned him in an earlier episode of the podcast uh, because he did get in touch with me because I did work with him. He's just, he's been great at liking posts and I think he's living vicariously through our experiences at the moment as well. Yeah, his connection to Ireland is clearly very strong too. Yes. So Bob, we're all over it. If you've got any special requests, let us know. Be very keen to um, to make sure that you know, we get Ireland ready for when you get the chance to, to come back again. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to, please God, having a cup of tea with you, if not something stronger. Yeah. Um, and we <laughs> also want to give a shout out to Emma. Uh, our friend in the UK, who's also very supportive of us, of, of the podcast, of posts that we put up on Instagram. And we have obviously shouted out strangers that we've connected with through the various channels. So if you're out there and you would like to be uh, connected with, we would love to hear from you uh, because we know that there are so many listeners to the podcast. So yeah, it'd be great if we could make contact and maybe shout you out in the podcast as well. But thank you, Mama. We love you. That's FMHTY podcast for Instagram. Yep. And then FMHTY podcast at gmail.com for the email. Get in touch. So this week for a topic, we kind of hinted at it last week, but we'd like to discuss the area around rentals in Ireland a little bit, because as we've mentioned in previous episodes, we've been fortunate to lock in a rental property where we'll be staying in the West of Ireland. But it's funny, over the last couple of weeks of 
almost and then actually securing the property, there's been a lot of people that were quietly concerned mm-hmm. for us, which makes sense. Like that's what we have heard a lot before we made our way over here. And it's kind of what we were expecting when we were going to land that it would be incredibly difficult to secure a property to live in, mm-hmm. let alone as convenient a property that we've found, which is from the sounds of it, complete luck. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think like in the circumstances of how things could shake out, I think luck is the main thing that we could point to as being the driving factor for it. But yeah, it was a lot of your family members musing to us. Yeah. Every single person we've mentioned, oh, we've got a rental where we want to live. The look of relief, they kind of like sighed in their chairs and they were like, oh, thank God. Oh, we didn't want to ask. And people were asking us and we were like, oh, this is going to be very hard now. We don't know how this is going to go. From our perspective, I know there's been a lot of response to the fact that we said in the last episode, yeah, it's not really something we were worried about. And I think people have kind of been like, are you actually, you know, are you right in the head? (laughs) How could you not have been worried about it? Mm. But we wanted to explain some of the reasons why we weren't worried about it and some of the reasoning behind our way of thinking before we even got to Ireland in regards to this element of the move. Um, there is method to the reasons why we have been approaching it in this particular way. But it can also sound a bit unfair. Yes. Like we might be representing an experience that isn't what everybody's experience would be, which... Very true. You know, we definitely don't want that to be the case. We want our experience to be as genuine as possible, but, you know, commiserating with with people who have had it tough. Totally. Absolutely. And we are very aware of that. And we're even very aware of the fact that people are finding rentals really hard to find in Australia because as we Mm. knew when we put up our house to rent we had a lot of people coming to view the property and obviously we could only let one group live in it Mm. Uh, so you know we we are aware both as people who've gone through the process on one side and then people who are hoping to get a property on the other side we know we know that this is obviously a pretty unique position to be in yeah but what are some of the reasons Matt why we approached this situation in this way well the main reason for us, at least in terms of our experience, is the fact that we lived in London for a year at the very beginning of our relationship, actually. I'm not sure if we shared that on the podcast yet, but it was within, I'd say it was six or seven months of us being together. Six months. We moved to London and what we learned finding a property in that time we thought was going to be easy. Yeah. We walked into that, staying you know, where we are with your, with your family and I remember we looked at a few places to rent and was inquiring on some sort of site that yeah. people would put their stuff up, up for private rent, like rooms and stuff like that. It was a bit like daft.ie, but for England, and we had made a good few inquiries. Yeah. Yeah. But we kind of waited until we got there mm-hmm. to try and figure out where we were going to live. Now, little did we know at the time that that was going to create a pressure cooker because of the way things had been set up. Now, you had a job lined up already, yeah. which fortunately you've been able to do a few months earlier through a recruitment place. Yeah, teaching recruiters, yeah. When we landed, we'd anticipated, I think, about a week Yes, staying in a hotel. We did stay the week in that hotel, but we also, we were in England without a car. We were trying to figure out the public transport system there, which is great in inner London, but for where we were going to be, it was going to be further out into what Aussies would call the suburbs, yeah, like the outer suburbs. The outer, outer reaches of London, yeah. Yeah, I think where we stayed, Watford, Mm -hmm. is like the last suburb before it stops being accessible via the tube. Exactly. that's, That's the end of the line. It is the absolute end of the line, yeah. But we were in that hotel for a week. We saw like three or four places. Yeah, I think we even got driven around by a few real estate agents, which was very fortunate. And a lot of the places we saw were pretty awful. I oh don't think goodness, we would have we definitely wouldn't have survived if we'd stayed in those places. There was one place that will never ever 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 leave our minds. It was above a Greg's yeah. sausage roll shop or pastry shop and it was it was it was marked as a one bedroom kind of studio apartment. Mm-hmm. But when we say a one bedroom studio apartment, we mean the end of the bed was in the kitchen and this was meant to be for two people and the room was tiny. You could smell the pastry smells. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, it was one of those moments where you go, oh no. And and mm. we had no options, like no options. No, I think that was the last one that we looked at. And it was a very 
it was not a very busy day. Yeah. Which is what you want when you're staying at a property. But even then, it looked like a studio apartment built on a house of horrors in the middle of a carnival that's been <laughs> abandoned for 20 years. That, that's the impression it left in my mind. With scary clowns just running around with knives. And it had a balcony, I think. Yeah, well, it had, a, yeah, it, had a, it had a step out onto a shared kind of, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, 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 man. Not great. No. But anyway, obviously, we left all those. We were holding out hope that we'd be able to find a place eventually, but you started work yeah. halfway through that time that in journey. the hotel. Yeah. That was, of course, our seven-day limit. Yeah. So we chose to extend for as long as we could Yeah. because it was simple enough to commit commute to your job from where you were. So I kind of had to take the reins of finding a property. And fortunately, there was one that opened up in Watford yeah. that ticked all the boxes Someone had left their contract early. That's right. That's right. They were Irish as well. That's right. Yeah. And a few bits and pieces were left, but it was optimally located for public transport and all the rest of it. I mean, the price wasn't right, but no, it it was was, way out of our price range, but we were desperate. It was the best we were going to get in London at the time. And bear in mind, this is 10 10 years ago at this point. We stayed there and I mean, it did the job. Yeah. We were located close to a bunch of things. Centrally, yeah. And there was a lot of pressure for us to take the place. So we took it, had a bin collection that we had to pay for. Like that was something that took us by surprise. We had to pay council rates. Yeah. And we didn't know London. about that till somebody knocked on the door one day and we nearly didn't answer the door. Mm. And then they were like, oh, you, you do realize that this is a, pay, a bill that you have to pay. We weren't told by the rental agents. And it was something like a thousand pounds. Like it was a stupid amount of money for the amount of time that we were living there. It, it was, was a lot. crazy. Our house was an old Victorian house. And there were three apartments in it. And so everybody was paying separately mm. a stupid amount of money to just get their bins collected. But everybody was sharing the one bin, which meant that when you went down to put your stuff into it, there was no bloody room to put your stuff into it. So you had paid an extortionate amount of money to not actually have your rubbish collected. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That, that's just an example of many of the pressures we felt living in that place. Because it had no balcony. It was yeah. the upstairs and attic space. Yeah. So when you say Victorian townhouse yeah the apartments you're mentioning are like three levels yeah of, of the entire house. house there's a basement there's a ground level and then the Upstairs. top and attic space mm-hmm. where the bedroom was like after about probably six or seven months we decided that wasn't the right place for us yeah. and we abandoned london at that point because yeah. not a lot of it was fulfilling no the best but- thing about the whole time in london was being with you like yeah. everything else and the friends that we made. We made amazing friends, yeah. but it bloody well sucked. <laughs> it wasn't great. It the was the money wasn't great. The cost oh. of living was overwhelming. Flipping Ofsted again, Ofsted, the root of all evil in the world. Well, particularly in the UK. Teachers, teachers. will know. And the travel, like oh, yeah. we had a good spot that was mm. in the middle of where our two workplaces were, but we literally traveled in different directions every day. Yours was probably an hour and a half. Well, it was. I was lucky because I got a lift with a workmate, but you had oh, to take yeah. two trains, two to get trains to work and every day, two trains and walk for twenty minutes to get to where I was working. So, reflecting on that experience, what we definitely didn't want to do again when we were moving is have no concerns at all about where we were going to be living, like no plans. Yeah, but we also knew that we didn't want to. If we had the space to be able to select where we wanted to go yeah. and we could let the opportunities come to us with that space, then we wanted to do that. Yeah. And something that I said in an earlier episode, you don't want to keep pushing a door that says pull. I feel, and, and this is something again I said in a, in a different episode, that in the lead up to our wedding, I the stress was just, I was vibrating with stress. Mm-hmm. And so I said, right, in advance of this move, I can't, I can't allow myself to get that stressed again because I have to learn from the mistakes of the past. And one of the mistakes of the past that I wanted to learn from was how we approached finding a place to live in England because it was incredibly stressful mm-hmm. and there was a lot of pressure on you, even though you were new to the country at that time, you know, and you were 10 years younger than you are now. There was a lot of stress with with you finding work, with me starting the new job and then trying to find a place to live on top of it. And it was like, right, well, in Australia, there was a lot of stress in the lead up to getting everything sorted for moving. And one of those stresses was renting out our house. 
And so it was like, we can't finish all that stress, come over here and then just start all the stress again, because you can't, you can't stress at that high level consistently because you would just, your body would not be right. So the decision was made that we were going to approach it as calmly and preparedly, but also, I guess, as intellectually as possible. The other thing that, that I kept thinking was, well, I've got a job in the West of Ireland, like that, that job is in place. I have to live somewhere approaching that job. There's no choice. Like that's, that's something that has to happen. And I was like, right, I'm just going to expect that we will find a place to live that is in reasonable distance to where this job is going to be. Mm. And that's what ended up happening. But I think it was very much that I not pushing a door that says pull, allowing the professionals to do their job, going to the rental agent, doing our bit, but saying, this is what we need. What can you do? Mm. And just letting the people in charge of the things do as much work on their side for us. And we, we do have lovely friends who live in the area who had, who they themselves were looking for us and they had family members looking for us. But ultimately, it just worked out that the agents were able to help us out. But that has worked for a lot of other people. People have posted on Facebook groups, hey, I'm moving to this area. Does anybody know of anything? So there can be a network of, of people on the ground in Ireland that can be looking out for you outside of those rental agents. But it just happened to be that this is how it worked out for us. But I do think we approached it in a way, having learned from what we experienced negatively in the past to try and, I suppose, turn the wheel 10 years on to approach things slightly differently. I think it's it's more about when we did, made the move to London, we'd heard stories of people going like, oh yeah, you'll find a place in three or four days. Oh, yeah. And to be fair, rentals there turn around very quickly compared to a place like Australia mm. where real estate agents and rental processes are incredibly streamlined mm. and now incredibly invasive, mm. like you wouldn't expect, but it's the way things go. We gave ourselves the space this time and not everyone has that luxury, mm. but with the luxury of experience, we knew that if you got a job, we'd have the summertime before that job even starts. Like they can't pull you in early no, and we can't have that pressure. Yeah. It just won't happen. Yeah. So we had the, the ample breathing space to seek out opportunities. But I think the biggest thing is not pushing the pull door. Yeah. Another analogy that might make sense is don't pedal the bike when the power isn't going to the wheels. Yeah. Like it's just wasted energy and that's what leads to the stress. Yeah which some of that would have originated in England for sure. A lot of, so I remember that, that time being stressful for you because you had to go to your entire workday yeah. for like four or five days in a new job, in a brand new teaching system with subjects that you hadn't taught before. Correct. Including citizenship for a country I was not a citizen of. Yeah. Explain that to me, people. Explain it to me. I still don't understand. Not even in the Commonwealth. No. Yeah. No. And then at the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, what's Matt doing? Is he going to find the place? Is he going to find anything? Oh God, we're going to live in the Holiday Inn in Apsley Lock for, for the rest of our for lives. Twelve years. <laughs> yeah, no, but to be fair, you were spectacular because it was bloody hard. It was really, really hard for you. You were new. To, it was your first time ever living in another country. You were trying to find a rental with a lot of pressure on you, and you knew what our budget was, and anything that was semi decent was way above what we had expected to pay, and we weren't mm. unrealistic with our budget. It was just the availability was fairly unrealistic. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was just a, an amalgamation of issues. Um, mm. But yeah, look at, we, we made it work. But like yeah. the place that we got, guys, was not perfect. Like there was one morning I was getting up to go to work and I was like walking across the carpet and I was thinking, why, why are my socks wet? Oh, because the entire light fixture in the ceiling is full of water. And then there was another time we were putting coffee granules down the sink and, oh, they're coming up in the bath. Fantastic. The entirety of the kitchen floor was concave. Yeah, just just With sagged in the middle. Extreme fear that yeah. you'd fall into the next person's apartment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, so again, it was that, okay, well, we have to learn from this. We have to do something different. But just some tips and tricks for those of you who are looking for rentals, the, the things that you need to have in advance of getting a rental in, in Ireland, some of the paperwork to have ready. Have landlord references if possible um, mm -hmm. so that if you have been a renter in another country, have some landlord references ready, available 
preferably obviously in the headed paper of the particular agency that you rented through? Well, we'd only rented ourselves with our names on the lease once yeah, together in Australia before we bought our property yeah. that we then rented before moving here. Yeah. So we got a referral letter from the time that we rented and then we got a letter from the real estate agent that manages our property in Australia. Yeah. And that covered them all the bases. So both of those are, were extremely helpful. You also need a, a recent bank statement to show that you have proof of funds. That only has to come from one person's name. But if you've got a shared account, obviously that's something that you can do. And it will be called a bank reference. Yes, but it is a bank statement is what they mean. And you can download one from online as well. Because um, usually these documents are just uploaded straight onto a system that the agency has, but not in every mm -hmm. case. But this was all done kind of virtually, if you like. You needed to fill in a form you had to have PPS numbers. At that point, Matt didn't have his. That was perfectly fine. And you also need ID documents. So preferably a scan of your passports. Uh, I think driver's licenses are also accepted, but passports are obviously the best option if possible. Generally, if you've got a driver's license from another country, you should have a passport to get here. Correct. At least. So uh, I don't think international driver's licenses accepted forms of ID for a lot of things yeah. over okay. here. Yeah. But, you know, you'll have the passport anyway, so just make sure you've got that. Yeah. And these are all documents that you would need pretty much renting anywhere nowadays, but it's yeah. just good to know that these are the things that we particularly were asked for. And mm -hmm. having the landlord references to hand is useful, knowing that you need a certain amount. You don't ha you're not given a specific amount of money that you should have in your bank account, but obviously you need to be able to show, well, I can pay, you know, a couple of months rent or I can at least cover what I need to cover in the short to medium term, just so that, you know, it's going to be possible to keep this property for the year if that's what you want or whatever. So, yeah. and the good thing is, is that properties do come furnished in Ireland. And generally speaking, yes, there are a couple of things that you will need to buy, but realistically, you're able to at least get started with the bare minimum and then you can work on it from there. We'd probably recommend going to a real estate agent as well. I mean, not just based on our experience, but because the way that they approach real estate seems to have changed since the pandemic happened. Yeah. If you go to websites like Daft, I think we've said this on the previous episode, that you're not going to see everything. There's not going to be a huge amount of pictures. Like you're not going to yeah. see a whole lot. No. Even the grammar may be terrible. Yeah. Uh, there can be a lot of times in Ireland where people will privately rent yeah. their properties, which I discovered on a post on social media somewhere that apparently you can engage someone to rent your property and then as the landlord go to a rental agency to then manage that okay. afterwards. If you're used to a very tightened up process like Australia, it's a it's, it's quite different over here. But yeah. approaching the real estate agent just to see what they have yeah. through a phone call. I mean, emails you could do, <laughs> mm. but phone calls are better yeah. if, you, if you can- if you're here and you have the opportunity and the time to go to your preferred location and talk to a real estate agent in person, that's probably going to reveal more to you than anything else. Yeah, they definitely want to get the measure of the people to ensure that they are trustworthy candidates for a rental. Like they need to, you need to create a rapport with the agents and but just a simple conversation. Most of it's showing up though. Oh yeah, like absolutely. The fact that you can be there yeah. and that they won't be potentially promising a property to someone who is not going to turn up or might get stuck in a lockdown country or uh, might be denied a flight because they can't get there. Yeah. Like I think they they very much prefer that you're there and can prove that, you know, all those things like banks and stuff yeah. and identity and all that, but yeah, being able to turn up and do all that stuff in person really helps. Another thing actually now that I think of it that you need is a proof of some kind of work. So one person needs to show an employment contract or some evidence that okay. there is going to be money coming in as well yeah. uh, in order to get the rental or unless you have obviously, you know, quite a bit of savings at your disposal that you're going to use for rent, but there has to be some evidence that there's going to be money, money coming through. Um, but yeah, going to the rental agency and even one of the days that we went down to the west of Ireland, we did some viewings and a person from the agency met us at the viewings. And then we went and had a cup of tea and went into the office and spoke to the person that we had spoken to several times mm -hmm. and sort of said, look, this is the one that we're interested in. That was the one that ended up 
we were pipped at the post for it. But as we were leaving, she said, thanks so much for calling in. So yeah. I think it was the fact that we just turned up, but we were in the location. So we were like, yes, we'll definitely do that. So it is very much, are these people reliable? Are these people personable? Are these people good, I guess, in inverted commas? Uh, you know, do they, are they, are they people that we would like to put into a property? And I think another element that can work in your favor is maybe you are renting out your home elsewhere in the world. Like we walked in and said, you know, we are landlords and they were like, oh, great. You know, you're not going to muck around with a rental property if you yourself are doing the same thing in a different country. So, you know, there's elements of reliability there. They want to know the person behind the, you know, the body in the house. They want to know who that human being is. And that's very much kind of Irish businesses. They kind of need the person. They need the, the personality in order for them to kind of feel that connection. And it's that's a very Irish way of doing things too. It's less of a transaction. It's more of a, a cup of tea yeah. and then and get to the stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and yeah. you know, don't downplay the benefit of a chat. You never... Mm. Like you can't, you can't underestimate or overestimate just being friendly, being polite, introducing yourself. Cause that was something, even when we went to look at the, the actual properties, we didn't get the name of the person and we were like, this is who we are, you know, to try and just create that rapport. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we're getting to a stage now where we're rapid firing information and trying to push everything together into a way that makes sense. Like, like trying to deal with tax, like yeah. trying to deal with insurance that we've yeah. talked about ad nauseum already yeah trying to squeeze everything in into something that you dear listener can yeah. hear and take the most out of yeah. is important and i think the most important thing to take away from getting chummy with yeah. the real estate agent <laughs> it's just about being a nice and friendly person and getting the right stuff that they're, they're not fickle yeah as real estate agents they're not gonna pick apart your facebook or anything like yeah. that realistically it's it's, it's about turning up and showing that you're interested in finding a location. And again, bringing up Australia, it's a, it is a very transactional process yeah. over there. When you check out a rental, it's not really going back and forth from the location of the agent. It's no. looking up websites. It's seeing if a property matches what you, you like the look of. Mm. Most won't have private viewings anymore. You no. have to go at a particular time and you'll go with 15 other people. And that might be the case sometimes over here too, but mm. it's very much not connecting as people. Mm -hmm. It's about connecting to a bank make, account <laughs> to make sure there's money coming yeah. in for this person that they are. The real estate agent is dedicating their services to. Mm -hmm. Whereas over here, it's a tiny little bit different. Mm. Like it works slower. Mm. It's about being with people. It's it's a thing that I'm slowly discovering about the country as well. Mm. That being amenable and approachable sometimes helps quite a lot. Yeah. And in this case, it probably would help you too. Have that ability to just have a little little chat and then get down to business. Just be genuine too. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But if, if small talk's not your forte, just give be it a as, go. Be as genuine as possible. Yeah. Um, but all of that was the lead off from the fact that we were in London at a, we didn't actually technically have a terrible rental experience necessarily, no. but no. the property our approach, our planning, our subsequent hasty evacuation yeah. from the property, all of that put together meant that the way that we approached getting the property here, we yeah. just we wanted what, what was meant for us to come to us. Yeah. And we just wanted to 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 feel differently about the whole thing. And we put a lot of energy into not replicating ten years ago, not putting that level of stress behind it, just letting that door push without pulling it. Take the opportunities where they come. Don't sprint your feet where you don't need to on finding as many opportunities as possible. It's going to happen. Yeah. We also have another promo that we absolutely adore, and that is Healy Insurances. And again, this is exclusively for listeners of the podcast for the month of August, which is fast approaching. Uh, so you will get 50 euros off any new policy. And this is particularly for expats and repats. Um, and it's literally only for the month of August. So if you're ready to jump on it, I'd recommend 1st of August is coming up very, very soon. So we really want you to take advantage of this opportunity. So your code is FMHTY50 when you get in touch with Healy Insurances and make sure that you 
mention that you are availing of it through the podcast. And obviously, you can get in touch with Healy Insurances. You can email them info at healyinsurances.ie or you can phone them from Ireland 064-663-3344. That's for car insurance only at this stage, but we'd love to open it up to other things. So if you take advantage of it, do tag us and let us know that uh, they've done the right thing for you. Absolutely. And thank you again, Healy Insurances. We think you are awesome. Awesome. Incredible. Incredible. Amazing. Splendiferous. Ostentatious. No. No, Matthew, no. I'm the English teacher. (laughs) Trust me. So another bit of news that we can update people on is my PPS number, which has been a bit of an ordeal. In this case, it's been an ordeal, I would say, of my own making, but I'm, I'm getting a filthy look across the table at the moment. <laughs> don't be mean to yourself, Matthew. Do not be mean to yourself. I, do, I don't want... That's my husband you're talking about. Don't be talking like that about him. Look, what I'm discovering about this country is the information is out there in various pieces. It's hard to come by a congruent picture of how it all hooks together. Mm-hmm. So with taxes, that has been a bit of a journey. Mm-hmm. And with the PPS, very much the same. Mm. You know, it's a bunch of people that know their bit and point you in one direction and some websites point you in one direction and then the other direction or you hit a roadblock when you think you're in the right spot. Yeah. So in any case, the PPS number has been something I've been trying to get very quickly. I'm sure some of you listening that have done this before will be like, oh, it's so easy. Come on now. Come on now. You just do this and you do that and that's it. It's done. Which it it was. But anyway, what I had tried to do initially was apply in person at one of the Intrio centers. Intro? Intrio? Yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I think it's intro. Let's go full Australian with it. Yeah. The Intrio. Intrio. Intrio centers. You fly in And uh, tried to apply in person, which I managed to get a form, fill something out and provide ID. But then I got something posted back to the address that I was expecting the PPS number to go to with a nice handwritten note that said, we don't process adult PPS numbers. We only do children's PPS numbers. And then, you know, a printed fact sheet of how to approach it on the website, which, I mean, it makes sense. I figured somebody there at the time- Could have said it. Could have, yeah, maybe let, let me know about that. But, you know, you can't expect everybody to know everything about every single part of mm. the process. Mm. Now, part of the reason that I'd gone to the Intrio Center in person to Actually, I'm going to quickly explain what the PPS number is just in case. Good idea. This, this is something that we haven't covered necessarily in any, any great depth, but for Australians, it's a tax file number. For Americans, it's a social security number. This number is your registration with the government to take advantage of uh, welfare payments, you know, social services, declare tax, yeah. all of that kind of stuff that you would normally require to for any revenue that you make or any draw that you have from the government for services that you require or would be entitled to. All of this requires the PPS number as a minimum. So it's your registration with the government to show that you are either a resident or a tax-paying member of the community. Yeah. You need it if you're applying for a job. Yes. Or rather, when you have applied for a job, you will then need to provide one so that you they can take the adequate taxes and do all the right things from their end. Like me, I'm approaching self-employment at the moment, so I need a PPS number here so that I can declare any income tax with revenue uh, at whatever point in the year that I need to do that, which will likely be March, I think I'll probably target next Mm -hmm. year. Anyway, the PPS number is super important if you want to earn money while you're here and take advantage of services. Yes. So obviously this is, you can imagine this would be one of those things that You'd put a lot of pressure on yourself because I can't, you know, support you alongside whatever you have already. Uh, I wouldn't be able to support myself because I can't make money without the PPS number. So I want to get the PPS number locked in. So it's a bit of a chicken and an egg. You have to have one before you can have the other. But to get one, you kind of nearly have to have the other, which is a bit difficult. Yeah. Part of the reason for this, which I discovered looking online, which seems to be where it's the most efficient way to apply for it. There is a very simple step-by-step process for filling in your information, declaring the reason that you need to apply the PPS number for, 
Like if you wish to get welfare payments from the government, then that's the reason that you apply. And there's certain burdens of evidence that you need to provide to make that happen. And it would be easy if you had applied for a job and got it, you then apply for the PPS number with the letter of offer from the job. Uh, I was trying to apply as self-employed though. And as someone who was trying to work as a sole trader, it meant that I didn't have uh, you know, an LLC. I didn't have a business. I wasn't bringing one across from Australia. It was just me working for myself in a capacity, not having a job, but still needing to apply for things. So the forms that were recommended to fill in for self-employment, getting into the down and dirty details, if there are any government administrators out there, you'll be loosening your collars a little bit. Uh, it was the TR1 or TR2 form, which is to declare businesses either for VAT, which is the 20% tax rate in the EU, Mm -hmm. uh, or any other business doings that Mm. that you would do as part of that self-enrollment process. Talk dirty to me, Matt. Talk dirty to me. This is... Well, here's the filthy bit. (laughs) Oh, wow. It gets worse. You fill in a PDF that's not designed to be filled in electronically, which is is great. Ideal. And... Eventually, you get to a point where it asks for a PPS number. Oh, okay. So this is a document that's, you know, the burden of which is to prove that you require a PPS number for Mm self-employment, but you need a PPS number to complete that form to then submit to get the PPS number. So So that makes perfect sense, Matt. Like the form is to give you the PPS number or to ultimately prove you need it, but they need the PPS number. In order for you to complete the form, I don't see the problem here. Why are yeah. you making problems where there are none? My program is out there, the infinite loop without a break. That's uh, it's not a good thing. And especially when you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Because the last thing anybody wants is to get caught in the tax system here and have to pay more than you earned. Or people working here already would be aware of emergency tax, yeah. which is what you pay before you have a PPS number or are registered in the system appropriately, which is extortionate, and you won't get that tax back until the return period, which is sometimes as late as the next, whenever you do your return, probably a month after that. So wanting to do it right and wanting it all to be done upfront and 100% perfect meant that I left that alone. Didn't bother trying to fill in that form because why would you? I don't have the ability to complete it. Yeah. Those administrators who are lifting their collars before are probably now smacking their heads because uh, you realize that it doesn't have to be the form being submitted, simply that the form is complete to the point that it can biggest be. possible way that it can be, and then submitting it as evidence that you intend to be self-employed within the country, in which case I submitted it and within two or three days yeah. of the electronic submission, it was approved. And within a day of that, having declared five to 10 days for approval, it came through in the mail. So all in all, it was less of a process to worry about. But again, it's one of those things that someone has to tell you the way to approach it in order to be able to get it done. And then, of course, applying for the Mm -hmm. mygovid.ie site. I think that's the right one. Uh, That's when you register your PPS number with your details so that you can then verify that and start engaging in those welfare services if that's what you need, social payments, all that stuff. But now I need a card. It won't let me verify that account until I get a card. And guess where I need to go with my PPS number to have that card sent out to me in five to 10 business days? You guessed right. The Intrio Intri And uh, we got to that office the other day, Yeah, did all the information and identity proving and all that stuff. And so now the card should be arriving very shortly. So in summary, don't stress about it. Uh, Apply for the card in any means you have. My advice to you is if you've hit a roadblock with the burden of evidence for whatever reason you're submitting it for, just submit what you have and see what happens. Don't sit on it like I did for two to three weeks waiting for something to change or information to come about or getting the motivation to fill out a seven to eight page form with information that may or may not be right Mm. and take you 15 minutes Mm. because that 15 minutes of pain wasted is better than two or three weeks wasted. Yeah. Especially worrying about it. Yeah. Apply online. This all changed because of COVID. Yes. People weren't 
to go out in person anymore. So they have a digital process as part of that now. Uh, once you get the PPS number, go to an Intrio center to apply for the card. When you have the card, register all of your information with mygov.ie or mywelfare.ie yeah. and get everything in place and you're ready to either start that job, pay the appropriate taxes or do all the things that you need to do as a functioning, taxpaying, social citizen of Ireland. Yeah, as a resident. And look, at it was it was a process, Matt. And because, as Matt said in a previous episode, um, you know, these things naturally happen when you come of age in Ireland. Like you just get sent out a PPS number at a certain. Or that's what happened to me. Yeah. You know, there's a certain point in your life where this stuff, because you're in the system from birth or from a very young age, it just kind of naturally falls in. And the public services cards that you've now applied for is a relatively new thing. It's really only been the past ten years ish. That that's existed and it's got your your face on it, so it's a proper ID card. It didn't previously look like that. It was just you just got a card with your PPS number. Mm-hmm. But anybody returning to Ireland who is not from outside the country, who is an Irish citizen, it's very important for you to apply for your public services card using the PPS number that you've had that you would have received as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, because that public services card is what connects to your MyGov ID. But it's also like let's say for example for me doing my driver's theory test, my my learner's permit, my that's learner's, yeah, that's what it's called now. My learner's permit is connected to my public services card. So if I didn't have the public services card up to date, my learner's permit couldn't be granted. So everything connects to everything else. So that's why if you're returning to Ireland as a person who is actually originally from Ireland, you do need to get on to the public services card quickly too. But that should be able to be done online. You shouldn't necessarily have to do that in person. Uh, So even though Matt went through a a lengthy process to get to this point, uh, you would also have had to go through the public services card process as well, you know, regardless of what what else was going to be happening. So it is Mm. a bit convoluted. Like I remember when I went to Australia, I just as part of my visa, I got my tax file number. It just like my um, working holiday visa, like there was like a package that you paid for. And one of the things he got was a tax file number. And then that was it. It was as simple as that. And then when I became mm. a, a permanent resident, I got my Medicare. Like that was all part of that process. So things here are different and potentially convoluted. Yeah, but that's why we're here to unconvolute it Absolutely. for you and to to share that with anybody that you know that might be might be heading to Ireland as a repat or an expat. Absolutely, yeah. And mywelfare.ie is the place to go for to make your digital application for your PPS. And just as yeah. Matt said, just or get in touch with us if you're if you're unsure about things. Yes, you, you can always email us for for information. Again, fmhtypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But I will put a link in the show notes, which is the direct link which takes you through MyGovID, which you can apply for right now. Yeah. You don't need a PPS number to register for it. I did that four months ago. Register for MyGovID. That connects to mywelfare.ie as well. And there's a specific link that I used from the revenue or the immigration website to then apply it to the digital application for the PPS number because there's no immediate link on mywelfare.ie to make that happen. Yeah. So I'm going to make that easier for anyone else trying to do it. I'll chuck it in the show notes. And if you need it right now, just click on that. It's there. Yeah. Well done, Matt. That was a, <laughs> no, that was, that was, it was a huge amount of work to get to this point. And I know it was quite frustrating for you mm. all because you're just trying to do the right thing and make sure that if you're getting paid as a sole trader, that you have what's required. But, yeah. you know, thanks to God, we're a bit further on this week than we were last week where yeah. it was moments of steam coming out of ears and yeah. <laughs> expletives, which is fair enough. Totally fair enough. Yeah. I don't think I was nice to be around any time I'd looked at that TR1 form. <laughs> He's always nice to be around. I hate to, t- I hate to tell you guys, but this man is just as nice as he sounds. He's bloody awesome. Yeah. We'll you see. and your worst day is me and my best. <laughs> no, that's definitely not true. <laughs> I think it might be. He's definitely the nicer one of the two of us. After that statement, that would, I imagined the meme of the, the blonde lady looking at all of the barely opaque algebra. Like... <laughs> Oh, I know what you're doing with a really confused yeah. face. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. She looks a bit like um, 
it's always fun doing visual memes and an audio medium. I mean, as we know, as we know, uh, podcasting is an entirely visual medium, so it's it's extremely useful. It it's is extremely useful. Yeah, it's not at all an auditory experience. Mm. I'd also like to follow up with that having the PPS number now means that I can charge people for my services. So if you know anyone who's looking to make a podcast or is currently making one and really sick of editing it, yep, let me know and has money to pay for editing. Yeah, get in touch with Matt. We can talk. All right, so we've got a couple of things that have happened in the past week, but we've also got a couple of things to look forward to in the coming week. Yep. Yeah. In, in a very academic episode, <laughs> this is this is the life update coming right at the end. <laughs> um, so I've done two really fun things in the past week. Uh, the first one was I had the opportunity to be part of a musical session with my dad and um, my dad is a very gifted musician and singer and uh, we have always sung together since I was very very tiny and in Australia I was very reluctant to sing because it made me quite homesick because the way that it's ordinarily done is my dad plays the guitar and I sing with him accompanying and then he does harmonies or he comes in hmm. so we got to participate in a, in a music session uh, with a huge group of musicians. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and it was just really special to have the opportunity to do that again and particularly to be able to do that with my dad. So it was one of those things that you just, when you're in a faraway place um, that you think, gosh, I can't wait till I get to do that again. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh God, I'm so lucky to be able to do this. And you you recognise the value of it. You don't take it for granted. I'm not saying that people here take things for granted because they're around their family frequently. But I think when you're away and you're back, there are moments like that where it's the, yeah, just the way that the, the universe has made things happen. You're just so grateful for it. So, mm. yeah, I just I really, really enjoyed that. And another thing that I did was I went up to Dublin with my mom. She had a couple of things to do in Dublin and I went up with her. And it was the first time I went on my own, left poor Matt at home dealing with the PPS, <laughs> dealing with the PPS number. <laughs> PPS sounds filthy now. It really does, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went up with my mom. Oh my gosh, it was so wet. It, it, there has to be a new word for rain. I just, it just, it literally never stopped. It was lashing out of the heavens. Yeah, those times when the weather says 100% chance of rain, oh. this was 100% chance of rain across 100% of the day. And it was not lying. It was not lying. The the waterproof shoes got to work out. The new raincoat got to work out. And they, were, they both did very, very well, to be fair. But yeah, we hadn't been in Dublin uh, since just after our wedding. So it's a good few years now. Mm. And yeah, it was just up for the day. But it was wonderful to be back. It was so, it was so lovely and... Yeah, it was just great to walk the streets again and to, it just feels like there's ghosts on every corner in Dublin because there's so many memories. Having lived there for 11 years, there's so many memories of different people and different events. And, you know, oh, I remember going to that restaurant or oh, I remember that night that we went to that place and, oh gosh, you know, I'll never forget the night we were walking down this road and this happened. Um, and it was just lovely to to reminisce, but also to look forward to a new place to live where we can create new memories together and not go back to a place where a lot of memories exist for me, but none for you. And it's nice to kind of have a fresh slate together. Sorry, I just uh, dozed off a bit there, thinking about where we're going to be. And, and look, it, thinking about all the great things that we, we've got to look forward to yeah. as well. Because, yeah. you know, again, mentioning that this was an episode where we, we talked about a lot of things that are on the to-do list that you have to get done. Yeah. Absolutely. Without any, you can't really make them fun. No. No, there's some grunt work involved in getting set up in a new country. And, yeah. you know, we've tried to make it, I guess, as 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 light as possible, just be, having experience of it being heavy in the past and trying to change things up and mm. trying to keep keep the momentum for each other and for ourselves. It's important to kind of keep the positivity as high as possible and just not get dragged into that. Like, oh, gosh, everything's awful all the time. You just have to try your best. But not even like approaching it with positivity means there's something negative there. Like there yeah. There doesn't have to be anything negative necessarily. No. Like taking a positive outlook for things. That's yeah. yeah. And I think I, I suppose maybe a feeling of lightness where you could put mm. a feeling of heaviness onto it. But we're moving this week. 
yeah. on the move again. So we're going to be moving to the west of Ireland in this coming week, please God, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. But as I was saying to, to Matt earlier, I'm actually feeling really sad about leaving the compound. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, it has been, we have been here at my mom and dad's for, it'll be seven weeks when we move, we'll have been here. But for me, it just doesn't feel like it was long enough. And maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe for Matt, it feels like it was 10 times too long. But it's, I think, just having been away from and having only really ever had two weeks, three weeks at a maximum when we'd come back for visits mm. uh, together anyway. I know I have spent a little bit of time here, a bit longer than that without you. But And I think the other thing that I love about this time is I normally can have my family or I can have Matt, but I can't usually have both. Mm. I can't have everyone in my family and have Matt. I can have, you know, mom has come to visit us in Australia and mom and dad came once, but the last time it was mom on her own. And so just to to be able to have, you know, my brother, like my nephews, my sister-in-law and have mom and dad and you, it's just like, wow, I get to have everyone. This is amazing. And then to, yeah, to to move from that again is like, oh, I'm not ready for this. But it's not like we're going back to Australia tomorrow. It's just, I'm greedy. I'm greedy for, for it. And no. yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But it's it's good though. You for know, someone it is who's, good. who's been on a diet without chocolate, I think they're allowed to- Gorge. You know, yeah, gorge themselves <laughs> on chocolate and then want to bring whatever chocolate they can wherever they're going. To bed with them. <laughs> Oh yes, but wherever I'm having a midnight feast, guys. Where there is not chocolate, you want to bring chocolate, and yeah, yeah. And we're never going to be far away. No, like, no. In, in fact, I imagine it'll be less stress driving to your parents' place than it would have been driving to my parents' place, which just is over an hour away as well. Yeah, yeah. It'll be almost the same amount of time, mm-hmm. and we'll have a place to stay mm. whenever we want to come mm. back to it. Mm. It's going to be great. But I'm also excited because I love home improvement programs and I love like doing up a new place, not painting and anything like that, but just kind of making it cozy and putting Mm. our own touches to it. So I'm really looking forward to doing that in the West of Ireland and, you know, finding new hangout spots and kind of getting to know a new place and making some new friends and connections. And, you know, we're incredibly lucky that we have all of those opportunities ahead of us. Mm. And you know, we do recognize how fortunate we are. This isn't something that we take for granted in any way, shape or form. Absolutely not. And we're going to continue to share those learnings and fun stuff and all the experiences and all of that with you. Yeah. So with that happy note. Brings us to the end of the episode. You have been listening to From My Home to Yours. It has been episode 11. I've been Matt. I've been Bernadine. You're going to continue to light f***ing candles. Oh God, yeah. Get those candles lit all of them take all of them out and light them all at once what are you waiting for and don't push on your pull doors exactly if it says pull pull it if it says push push it it's also okay to just sit and look at it for a bit cross your arms and go hmm yeah that's a mighty fine looking door that's a beautiful door i'd like to meditate on that door for a while (laughs) i'd like to positively impact my experience with that door (laughs) i'd like to reinforce that door when i pull that door and the conversation I'll have on the other side, boy. That door is going to know it's pulled. Yeah. Grab your coat. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it's launcher. It's launcher. Take care, everyone. <laughs>